Right now you can't go out and buy an automatic weapon. You can't go out and buy a cannon. And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe, if you want to fight against a country, you need an F-15. You need a, something a little more than a gun. No, I'm not joking. Think about this. Think about the rationale we use that's used to provide this. And who are they shooting at? Shooting at these guys behind me. <laughs> so, I, l- listen, if we need F-15s, I guess. <laughs> so we, i got to register my F-15 now. He's talking about civil war. They're, they're starting this. They mean this to happen. They want this kind of division because they know if we're fighting with each other, we're not paying attention to them. Metaxas Show with your host, Eric Metaxas. Hey there, folks. Welcome to Thursday, September 8th. Um, Albin and I do not know who we have in our one today because we have an absolutely extraordinary situation. Um, we're supposed to talk to a man who is in jail for having been at the Capitol on January 6th. It is so disturbing to me, folks. It's uh, I think it's created a lot of stress in our lives, in Albin's life, in my life, in the lives of many of our friends. We know the injustices that are being done and that God would allow us to have a role uh, in trying to right some of these wrongs. It's tough stuff. The idea that this guy is in prison. and that we're waiting for him to call us from prison right now. Yeah. We thought he would call us by now, but who knows what the situation is in prison. He's been there 20 months, 20 months. This is despicable and evil. What is happening in this country? Uh, it's one of the reasons we wanted to have him on. Um, there's a website you can go to J six truth.org. It's just the letter J and the numeral six J six truth.org. He has been working to get the word out about the truth about January 6th. And there's a film that you can think you can see it's on the web called the truth about January 6th, but it's just stunning to me that while most of us lead our lives, there are these people suffering. uh, There are terrible things happening. And the question is, will we be a part of doing something about it. We are in a battle. I can just tell you from my own experience, this is a spiritual battle and it's real. And I want to invite you uh, to be a part of the battle because not to be a part of it is to enable evil to triumph. There There are so many bad things happening right now, but it's a joy that we have the ability to do anything in our broken way uh, with, with our own broken, sinful lives, that we have an opportunity to be used by God that we don't deserve. It's just, um, it, it, it's a moment. M- many of us never thought we would, we would be here. So I don't know if we're going to be able to speak to this um, man. His name is Jake Lang. Uh, if he's going to call us, uh, if he calls us, we'll talk to him for the rest of this hour. If he doesn't call us by the end of this uh, segment, We'll just talk to our friend John Smirak, which we were planning to do today anyway. So just so you know. 
second line No more of your dogs Folks, welcome back. As you heard me say a moment ago, we are literally waiting for a phone call from someone in prison, uh, a prisoner, uh, 20 months incarcerated because of the uh, January 6th event. And I don't believe he'll be able to call in during this hour. But if he does, we'll interrupt our conversation with John Zmirak. Uh, it's just a bizarre thing to be saying that we're waiting for a phone call from prison from someone who is obviously uh, not supposed to be in prison. We're living in dark times, but I'm glad that we have our friend John Smirak uh, to talk to immediately. John, uh, welcome. Thanks, Eric. And speaking of people unjustly prison, imprisoned, uh, Enoch Burke is currently sitting in a jail. I, is that my stomach? I'm sorry. My dogs are fighting. All right, folks, uh, we are now uh, we're on the other side of sounded like Beagle murder. What did you do? to quiet those those nasty hounds from hell, those junkyard dogs that you love. I bought their silence with uh, smoked duck feet with smoked duck feet. Yeah, they have figured out whenever I'm on a Skype or a Zoom call, they can shake me down for 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 (laughs) tree because I have to keep them quiet. So. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, John, um, I always want to talk to you about everything at once. So what, what should we talk about first? Well, um, since you're t- we're talking about a January 6th political prisoner potentially calling you from America's gulag, I think it's appropriate to speak of someone who's in a European gulag. Uh, Enoch Burke is sitting in prison in, uh, in Ireland, the Republic of Ireland right now. Because he was teaching at a Christian school there, run by the Church of Ireland, which is the Anglican Church there. Um, And a student there, a young student, claims that he's transitioning to be female and wants people to use the pronouns they and them. And uh, Enoch Burke is an evangelical Christian from a a large and fervent evangelical Christian family. And he said he wouldn't do that. He's not going to affirm a demonic lie that some activist convinced this kid of. Um, He's not going to participate in and encourage this kid ruining his life by following this fantasy to get himself chemically castrated, maybe physically castrated, dosed with dangerous hormones, made medically dependent on the pharmaceutical industry for the rest of his life, all in service of demonic confusion. He said he's not going to do it. He's going to use the correct biological pronouns for this boy. So the school suspended him without pay and said, don't show up here. He showed up anyway. A court ordered him to stop showing up. He showed up anyway and sat in his classroom and said, I want to teach. The reason you've you've sent me home is illegitimate. I will not obey man. I will obey God. And so now he's in prison. And he said, I will stay in prison 100 years if need be. I'd rather be a Christian. I can be a Christian in prison. I can only be a pagan transgenderist outside of prison. And that reminded me of what Alexander Solzhenitsyn once said. He said, the only place for a free man 
in such an evil totalitarian system is in prison. That is the place where you can be, you actually are free. You can actually say what, what is true and they can't do any, really won't do anything more to you unless they torture you. Uh, but there you can be yourself and obey God rather than man. Uh, you can refuse to live by lies as Solzhenitsyn implored us to do. Uh, have you written about Enoch Burke yet, or are we just yeah. hearing this? I've got a piece now at stream.org entitled, This Christian Teacher in Ireland Chooses Prison Over Telling Hellish Lies to Children. Would we do the same? And in it, I ask, what are the things that you would be willing to go to prison rather than say? I mean, there are certain things... If they told me to say I'm going to go to prison, I'd say them without meaning them. Like, yeah, the 2020 election was was the most secure in history. Uh, yeah, the Democrats care about black Americans' best interests. No, Stacey Abrams does not look fat in that dress or any dress. She looks fabulous. I'd repeat those kind of things. What I would not do uh, is teach to children. As a teacher, tell children Things like Jesus was an imposter whose body rotted in the grave. Caesar is God. I wouldn't tell them abortion is a morally acceptable choice. That same sex marriage is good. Or I wouldn't tell them biological sex isn't really real. God or Darwin or whatever sometimes makes mistakes and puts a boy in a girl's body or vice versa. And what matters is the gender inside your head, which you need to discover. Others have to respect it and affirm it via surgery and hormones. That's what you're saying when you use the they pronoun for someone who's gender confused. You are saying that their illusions are real and that they should obey them. You are repeating Satan's voice in that person's head. And Enoch Burke wouldn't do that. And I hope none of us would. Well, let me ask you, just because it, it, all the things you said that you you would say, I don't believe you would say those things. I uh, would rather than go to prison. I'm not going to go to prison over the 2020 election, but I'll go to prison over teaching a child that he needs to mutilate his genitals. Well, I don't know about that. I think I, I think uh, you may be more you to lie. When people tell us to lie, I know you well enough. There are I, gradations. I get... There are gradations of lies. You you look great in that dress. No, but, but, Anne, Fra but Anne Frank is not in the, telling the Nazis. Thing. Anne Frank is not here in the house. There are things you're willing to do to bend the truth to avoid going to prison. But right. but there are things you cannot do. You know? The only thing that confuses me about Enoch Burke is. Uh, I mean, it seems to me uh, that I would have left my job. In other words, that it's the right of the school, sick as the evil as they are, to say, you know, we, we don't want you here and then to fight it in court or something like that. Well, it's the was it the right of the restaurant to kick black customers out of out of segregated lunch counters? Those well, those people said no. Parallel. They said, no, you're going to have to arrest us. Yes, it's illegal. We are disturbing the peace. We're violating your segregation laws because they are unjust laws and therefore not laws at all. And remember, this guy was teaching in a Christian school. The church, the Anglican church has not officially dogmatically 
accepted transgenderism. You know, give it a few weeks. Well, um, I, I think in a way they have. That's what's so, you know, if you say I'm teaching in an Episcopalian school, you, you may as well be teaching in a pagan communist school. I mean, right. at this point, uh, the Episcopal Church, the Church of England, these places have gone over to the dark side decades ago, many decades ago. Um, but listen, I don't think it's as bad in Ireland. OK, I don't think. Right. It, yeah, right. Well, these are prisoners of conscience. And what they do uh, and which is so important is that they they force all of us to look at our own lives and to do what you just did to say, would I do the right thing? Would I be willing to speak the truth when it's not just unpopular, but when it may get me thrown into jail? Folks, if you really believe this is ultimately the point of my new book, Letter to the American Church, if you claim to believe what Christians say they believe, then you should have no fear of these things. You should know God is with you powerfully when you dissent from uh, telling lies uh, when you when you do these things, we all need to live our faith in that way or stop pretending we have faith. When people say, well, I'm saved by grace. Well, if you're not living that out, uh, if you're shrinking from uh, speaking the truth or, or shrinking from not saying lies, then it kind of tells me you don't really believe that. So when you say you have faith, you actually don't have faith. And if you care about salvation, according to your own definition, you should be really frightened because God is testing us. Uh, it's not just about, oh, I say I believe this. I say I believe that. We're going to go to a, a break. We've got the rest of the hour with John Zmirak, unless we get a call from prison, in which case suddenly we will uh, change our programming. Let me tell people, go to j6truth.org to learn about Jake Lang. J6, that's the letter J, the numeral six, j6truth.org. We'll be right back with John Zmirak. the wall and into the street, kicking and a gouging in the mud and the blood and the beer. I tell you, I fought tougher men, but I really can't remember when. He kicked like a mule and he bit like a crocodile. I heard him laugh and then I heard him cussing. He went for his gun, I pulled mine first. He stood there looking at me, and I saw him smile. And he said, son, this world is rough, and if a man's going to make it, he's got to be tough. And I know I wouldn't be there to help you along. So I give you that name, and I said goodbye. I knew you'd have to get tough or die. And it's that name that Folks, don't forget, coming up in Hour 2, Ask Metaxas. That's the first segment of Hour 2 every week on Thursday. Ask Metaxas. People ask kooky questions in the voice of Albin. And then I try to answer the questions. After that, we're going to play the second part of my interview, fascinating interview, with Jonathan Kahn about his new book, Astonishing Stuff. Right now, we have the joy of speaking with John Zmirak. John Zmirak, can we talk about William Barr? Yeah, it's it's a shame that we have to talk about such a thing on a family program. Um, if if there are people out there with children or with uh, with delicate sensibilities, you might want to just go stick your head in a bus station toilet rather than listen to what we have to talk about with Will, William Barr. William Barr is that you, you wrote an article, and I just want to say you kind of you're, you're sort of. Um, 
you're honing things down so we can see very, very clearly what needs to be seen about people like William Barr and others. This is very important, folks. I want you to listen to what John has to say, because this is kind of this is the this is the it all boils down essentially to this right here. So what is it? So William Barr is is like a fireman who sees a a, no orphanage or a school that's on fire. So he decides to help. He texts fire prevention tips to the kids inside the building. And then he resolves that the next time there's a conference on pain management for burn victims, he's going to go to it if it's in a city with fun microbreweries. And then he goes home. That's William Barr. William Barr just published a book. I'm not going to repeat the title because I don't want to help sell it. But he wrote a book, published a book in which he said the left are a totalitarian threat to our freedom. They are dangerous utopians. They, they are tr- they are lawless. They are they are attacking all of us. Well, that, those all sound good. You know, I mean, I'm sure if he goes on Sean Hannity, he can say all that. But when he was in office as attorney general of the United States of America, he did absolutely nothing to over to, to dig up why the FBI was hiding Hunter Biden's laptop to un, to to prosecute or investigate Hillary Clinton for her abusive use of classified emails in a private server. Uh, he did nothing to try to stop the George Floyd riots that were tearing up, killing a dozen Americans, causing a billion dollars in damage. He did nothing, nothing, nothing to purge the deep state. Absolutely nothing. As I said in the article, you might as well have had an inflatable love doll stuck in a brick Brooks Brothers suit. And Sean Hannity would have interviewed that, too, and been fascinated for an hour or two. What I what I found, what I find so chilling. And again, you write about this in your article. But I I remember when Bill Barr came on board in the Trump administration. You know, you you see these people and you think, who is this guy? What is he made of? He said some incredibly wonderful, heroic things. I was I was thrilled to hear him talking about religious liberty and talking. about. He said a number of really brave things. And I never would have thought that somebody who has said these things would become part of the problem. So in a way, he to me is the worst case of all because he sees what's wrong. He says it. And then, as you say in your article, he did Nothing. And now he's doing worse. Now he's actually helping. He's throwing gasoline on the fire. He is saying that the FBI was right to raid Donald Trump's home, that there should not be a special master to go through the evidence. He is 100 percent echoing the regime and the oligarchy and the deep state. He has become their sock puppet. So I guess he craves five more minutes of relevance in the minds of people he has said are totalitarian threats to freedom. The, the left, the oligarchy, he, the people he considers dangerous threats to freedom, he would rather dance in the hope that they'll throw him peanuts than in any way associate himself with those of us fighting for freedom Or with Donald Trump. And in the article, I try to analyze this. I I say, what is it that makes people this useless? This useless in the sense of the Yiddish word schmuck. The, the, The Jews came up with the right word for how useless William Barr is. The word schmuck, it refers to 
the foreskin that's left over after a circumcision, the most useless thing on earth is a schmuck. Why is Bill Barr such a schmuck? And why is the GOP in Congress full of such schmucks? It's, it's like a rabbinical convention, how many schmucks they have lying around there. And I, I think the answer is most people are sheep. A lot. Most people I've learned to my chagrin are subject to two things. Uh, peer pressure and fear of embarrassment. Now, I've never experienced either of these emotions, but I try to be compassionate towards most of the human species who do. And apparent people are like sheep who will follow the tail and the butt of the sheep in front of them. And if, if, you, if you hear a sound like there might be a wolf attacking, they look left and right and see if the other sheep are reacting. And if they're not, they keep going on forward. The, the, the most dangerous thing to them is not their enemies. It's the fear of standing out, looking weird, looking unacceptable, maybe being a little bit of an oddball. You know, do you want to end up like Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, like Steve Bannon? Well, of course, the left is helping create real consequences by trying to murder Steve Bannon and Marjorie Taylor Greene by calling the police and falsely saying that there's a hostage situation at their homes. So cops SWAT teams show up with rifles. This has happened three times. Okay. When we come back, when we come back, I want to confess uh, my life as a sheep. I'm not kidding folks. Uh, You need to hear this. You need to hear this. We'll be right back. got a surprise for you. Uh, we're not making this up. Uh, John's Mirak uh, hung up the phone because we just got a call from our new friend uh, in prison, Jake Lang. Jake, welcome to the program. God bless you, Eric. Thank you for having me on. Jake, we, we've said very little about you, so I want you to take this opportunity while you have the phone to tell my audience who you are and why you are there. Uh, I'm Jake Lang. I'm January 6th political prisoner. I've been locked in solitary confinement for over 20 months for defending my country and our Constitution on January 6th from a communist coup by the Joe Biden regime that has uh, persecuted over 900 red-blooded, solid American citizens and thrown us in jail and slapped us with multiple felony charges, uh, all for standing up uh, against tyranny and against a stolen election. And uh, we are in the midst of um, a, a battle for our, our country and for our nation. And the uh, January 6th political prisoners and the patriots are the frontline patriots in this battle. And uh, we're, we're surviving by the grace of God, and we're thriving. Um, in, in these horrible conditions that we've been placed in, God has still been able to give us so much grace and so much mercy and uh, connect, I mean, literally tens of thousands of us um, and our families all across the country on prayer group calls and different legal funds. And uh, actually, an amazing event happening September 24th here in Washington, D.C., 
called January 6th Solidarity Press Conference and Truth Rally um, that I'll tell your audience more about here in a little bit. But um, we're, we're, we're fighting back. We will not give up. We will not surrender. Well, we are with you in the fight. By the grace of God, I am just thrilled, honored um, to be talking to you. And because this has been something that's been so heavy on my heart, I have to tell you what 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 our illegitimate regime uh, has done to patriotic Americans like you. It's like something out of a history book. They used to do things like this. It's unimaginable. It's happening now. And I'm talking to you now who have been in prison, you said, for 20 months. This is just astonishing, Jake. What do they say you did and why are you still in prison? Well, what they say I did was defend me and a bunch of women and elderly, some of them veterans and people from police brutality for three hours at the Capitol. Um, They say I saved the life of a young black man, Philip Anderson. He signed a court sworn affidavit um, on top of another man, Tommy Tatum, who's also signed a court sworn affidavit saying I saved his life. They say I defended my constitution and my country but um, that's the patriots who say that. The government um, alleges that I'm a white supremacist, insurrectionist, domestic terrorist, um, even though I'm Jewish, and uh, even though I have no criminal history whatsoever, I'm being held um, without bond, without bail. As uh, across the country, there's a revolving door of um, just you know people with rap sheets as long as um, some of my motions, 20, 30 page long rap sheets in there, just let out the same day, catch and release. But if you're a conservative, if you're a Christian, if you're somebody who stands on our constitutional values, and if you have faith in God, they will uh, persecute you and punish you and lock you in the most horrendous conditions, separated from your family, from uh, the sunlight, from any semblance of normal human behavior. Um, I'm in my cell 22 hours a day, Eric. I just want to say, um, you know, if I didn't have faith in God, I uh, I don't know what I would do, because when I hear about something like this happening in the United States of America, it, it, it's it's an unhinging thing to think that this could be happening uh, in this country. So you are trying to get the word out about an event, about a website. The website, I believe, is J6Truth.org. Yes, yes. It's a, an amazing resource my team and I have put together um, with a documentary on it called The Truth About January 6th. It's actually the most uh, number one viewed video ever on Rumble. We've got over a million views. It's been shared virally by um, tons of people, Dinesh D'Souza, um, Sidney Powell, the Hodge twins. Um, I've shared that video far and wide. It's made its rounds, and it is so heart-wrenching to see uh, what the government and the mainstream media have been covering up since day one and lying to you, the American public, about. And if you want to be informed and you want to get a full perspective without the biased media uh, tint on January 6th, go to j6truth.org and check out that documentary. Um, help out with our fund. Uh, we're raising money for legal fees right now. We're helping out dozens of January 6ers. We're raising money for a second follow-up documentary, um, Whatever God Puts on Your Heart to donate to us. We really appreciate it. And we are using it. Uh, we're stewarding it as best as possible. And uh, we really have such an incredible movement going on behind us. And uh, what the enemy is intended for evil, God has used uh, for our good. 
he's connected so many brothers and sisters in Christ and strengthened our resolve and created opportunities through this um, to really basically show America uh, we are, you know, the the people at the whipping post here. There's no hiding behind the tyranny now when there's uh, hundreds of political prisoners across America being, uh, you know, being persecuted. I still can't get over the fact that you are in solitary 22 hours a day and that 20 months into this, you're still there. Where do things stand with you? Sorry, can you say that again? There's a little background where, here. Where do, the, the, where, do the things, where do things stand with you? You're 20 months into this. Uh, are you huh. supposed to be released at any point soon? What is? Where are you with all that? Um, so my trial is not until January 9th, 2023. Um, facing a 108-month plea deal right now that they want me to bend the knee and to kiss the ring and to take... Uh, literally a decade in prison. Um, and so I refuse to uh, take a plea deal to tyranny. I refuse to um, come into agreement with uh, anything that is not of God and, and is uh, full of darkness and full of wickedness. And uh, I have to stand and, uh, and fight this battle, as so many of uh, my brothers have already going to trial here um, this month. And, and next month, there's a, a large swath of January 6th. Um, trials happening here in September and October, and that leads me into the uh, event we've organized. Uh, my team and I. Um, and that's on J. People find that out about that's, at j6truth.org if they go to j6truth.org about this event. Yeah. Yep. There's there's okay. a link on hang, there. Hang the, on, um, folks. The we're gonna event. we're gonna be right back talking to Jake Lang. Going to a break. In the meantime, go to j6truth.org. This is important, folks. j6truth.org. Very special programming. Uh, I'm talking to Jake Lang, who for 20 months continues to be incarcerated in solitary confinement for loving his country uh, and being there on January 6th, like innumerable others who are suffering right now, while we have mostly ignored them. The mainstream media, of course, has ignored them. But what about all those congressmen and senators who have said nothing and done nothing. Shame on them for going along with this wicked narrative. Jake, we've just got a few minutes left. Tell us about September 24th. We are so blessed to um, to really bring the cream of the crop of the Patriot movement together with this. We have over 20 confirmed speakers coming together in Washington, D.C., September 24th, 1 to 5 p.m., um, outside the federal district courthouse, there's a, a nice little um, uh, courtyard area, and we have a professional sound speaker, private security, porta potties. Um, it's a really professional and peaceful um, event, and we have speakers such as Dinesh D'Souza coming, um, Dave, Professor David Clement, um, people from Newsmax, Jim Hoff, the founder of Gateway Pundit. Uh, I mean, the speakers list is really just. Uh, quite quite spectacular, and you'll see that on j6truth.org. If you want more details on the event itself or to sign up for a bus or to uh, schedule you know, you coming in with uh, with our team, go to j6solid.com. That's J, the number six, 
solid.com. And, um, yeah, we're really looking forward. We need, you know, one thing I urge the people are listening to is, uh, what's, what's preventing you from coming? What's preventing you from standing in solidarity with the January Sixers? Um, we need your support. We need you to physically be there to show the liberal media complex, our tyrannical government, that we have supporters, that we are strong, that we are united, that we are not forgotten, um, that our efforts to protect this country have not been in vain. And so make it out there, uh, September 24th. And we're really looking forward to just a strong, and we have some su- surprise confirmed speakers, um, a man that sells pillows, um, a couple congresswomen that have stepped up and uh, uh, shown fidelity to our movement and to the January 6th uh, Patriots. So we're going to have some, I mean, it's going to be an incredible event, historic event, and peaceful and very safe. And um, it's going to be honoring God and honoring the sacrifice of so many brave patriots. J6Solid.com. J6solid.com, or you can, there's a link at j6truth.org, j6truth.org, j6solid.com. Jake Lang, it is hard for us to believe, as we hear your voice, that you are in prison right now. You and innumerable others are suffering. Ladies and gentlemen, you've got to stand for the truth right now. If you don't, your silence convicts you. Your silence on these issues convicts you if you do not care that people have been wrongly incarcerated. I want to tell you, folks, this is one of the most amazing things that has happened in modern history, that this could happen in America. Jake, we've just got a minute left. What, what can you tell our audience before we go? You know, I really want to speak to the hearts and the souls of the audience here and, and let them know the bountiful grace of our God. He is he's making a path through the January 6th plight here to speak to your heart, to awaken you, to show you that um, there is tyranny here, even though you may be comfortable in your situation at home. There are people that uh, have been canceled off social media, dragged out of their homes, um, been told and lied about hundreds of us, and they're just waiting to come for you next. If you're a mother at a school board meeting, you're not too far away from these prison garbs I'm in um, because you're standing up against critical race theory or transgender ideology. Um, they'll put a target on your back next. So if you don't stand with us um, and they come for you next, you know we need to be united as Americans, as people who love God, and we need to stand for causes that God would have us stand for and never back down in the face Thanks. of evil. And so I beseech you to to stand with us. God bless you. Jake, thank you. God bless you, folks. Please go to j6truth.org. Ladies and gentlemen, please go to j6truth.org. We'll have more uh, with Jake in the weeks ahead. God bless you, Jake. God bless you. Thank you. Pfizer slams the brakes on its COVID vaccine clinical trial in pregnant women. Internal emails reveal why. Plus, the Echo Health Alliance and Boston University are working together to continue Wuhan-type experiments, but here on U.S. soil. And a judge slams the DOJ for its investigation into President Donald Trump while granting the president's request for a special master. Today is Tuesday, September 6th, and you're in on the absolute truth. Pfizer-BioNTech's clinical trial on pregnant women taking their mRNA vaccine has been discontinued, according to the Epoch Times. 
In an email sent on April 1st, a professor of medicine at the University of Calgary asked Pfizer about its clinical trial data. Pfizer's vaccine medical lead, Jelena Vodjikis, uh, responded to the professor's request by admitting that the study was halted. In it, she says the study enrollment was stopped with incomplete numbers because recruitment was slow and it became unreasonable and appropriate to randomize pregnant women to placebo given the amount of observational evidence that the vaccine is safe and affected. Effective, coupled with increasing number of technical committees supporting immunization of pregnant women. These emails are only coming out, though, because of federal lawsuits filed in Canada challenging the government's order that all travelers must be vaccinated. Now, we'll continue to keep up with these lawsuits and bring you more as the evidence unfolds. But while we're speaking about following the evidence, a new study reveals that ivermectin reduced the risk of death by 92% when given to COVID patients. The study, which was published in the medical journal uh, Curious, shows a study conducted on over 88,000 people in Brazil. When people took ivermectin as medication before becoming infected, their chances of death or hospitalization were significantly reduced according to the study. Those who took ivermectin regularly had a 92% reduction in death risk compared to non-users. Now, Let's bring in a doctor who has been talking about therapeutics for so long and face the repercussions for it. That's Dr. Paul Merrick. Welcome back, Dr. Merrick. Hey, thanks for having me back on the show. Yes, two important topics to talk about. Yeah, now we'll just remind our viewers that you previously served as chair of the Division of Pulmonary and Critical Care Medicine at Eastern Virginia Medical School. Now, there, you know, I talked about the, the study, uh, the Pfizer trial being capped, but first off, I, I just want to get, uh, your reaction to that, uh, with the pregnant, uh, the study in pregnant women. This, uh, before we get into your reaction, I want to play a clip of Dr. Anthony Fauci back in August of last year and then get your re- reaction. Take a listen. Talk to the pregnant women out there and let them know what the right choice is. Well, the right choice is to get vaccinated without a doubt. We have experience with tens of thousands of pregnant women right now, and there's no safety signal of any concern. So now, uh, Dr. Merrick, you have Pfizer saying that we stopped the study because, you know, so many people are, it's already been proven safe and effective. Yeah, so, you know, they're lying. Pfizer's lying. We know they're lying and Fauci's lying. So if you look at the most recent data, the miscarriage rate in the first and second trimester of pregnancy, if you get the vaccine, is 80%. If you look at Pfizer's own data, their own data, the miscarriage rate in pregnancy is 44%. So, so they're lying. And in fact, the United Kingdom government has now suspended the use of these vaccines in pregnant women, the official statement by the UK government has officially suspended the use of these vaccines in pregnancy because they cannot guarantee its safety in pregnant women. So much like most of this pandemic, uh, Pfizer's lying, the NIH is lying, uh, and uh, uh, they're all lying. This is certainly not safe and effective. It's not safe and effective in healthy people. The risk in pregnant women is overwhelming. And um, they just do not, what they're saying is not supported by the data. 
Also, uh, what not supported by data before was, uh, the, the, uh, push against ivermectin. Now they use flaw studies in the past, which we've discussed. There was the one study, you'll have to remind me of what it was referred to, but it was the friendly, uh, study that we talked about that was cited in so many outlets and by doctors suggesting that ivermectin was ineffective and maybe even detrimental you know, to COVID pages. And now you've got this new study saying it's 92% effective. That's a major number, doctor. Have we seen any, any, any wall breaking down in hospital systems allowing their doctors now to prescribe ivermectin? And if not, will this new study have an effect at all considering the campaign that continues against therapeutics? Yes, so the federal government and the agencies have mounted this vicious campaign against ivermectin. And the reason they've done it is they know it's effective and it threatens the EUAs on all these experimental therapies. Because under FDA rules, if there is a safe and effective therapy, it makes all of these EUAs null, uh, null and ineffective. So they're only going after ivermectin because they know it's a very effective drug for the treatment of SARS-CoV-2. So the study out of Brazil is just one of many studies which have used it prophylactically. They, in fact, two, at least two randomized control studies in healthcare workers showing that ivermectin statistically reduces the risk of getting COVID. And, you know, this is a very important study because this was in a large population of a very good observational study showing that, it's, that the regular use of ivermectin in all comers significantly reduces the risk of getting COVID, reduces the risk of being hospitalized for COVID, and reduces the risk of dying of COVID. So, you know, they're gonna, they, they don't like ivermectin and they're going after it because it threatens their agenda, which is a vaccine in every arm. That's what their agenda is, which has failed. So they will never admit that their uh, agenda has failed, and they will never admit that ivermectin is a safe and effective for the prevention and treatment of SARS-CoV-2. And it's just part of the false narrative that they continue to spin. I mean, you just need to look at the vaccine injury, uh, issue. We know, we know categorically that this vaccine is not safe in pregnancy, yet they continue to perpetuate this myth. Real quick, we have one more minute because of your area of expertise and your experience. I want to ask you about a recent report from the Epoch Times. It uh, features uh, claims by several embalmers across the country that have been observing very large and sometimes very long fibros and rubbery clots being found inside corpses that they're treating. In fact, there was one, uh, one uh, postmortem professional who took this picture uh, of what he's finding. He said they've never seen anything like it before, you know, either 2020 or 2021. And they say that these clots are formed by something other than blood. Doctor, in your area of expertise and what you know uh, about pulmonology and the, the blood and what is this? Yeah, so this is due to the spike protein. The spike protein is one of the most toxic compounds known to man. What happens is the spike protein activates clotting. So that's why you have these clots. But more importantly, as part of the spike protein, it's, there, there are two pieces of amino acids that were put there. The one is amyloid. So what's happening is these people are forming very fibrin-rich amyloid-based clots that the body just can't break down. 
And this is the amyloid protein is in the spike protein. The people who designed the spike put it there on purpose. So we've known this for some time that the spike induces clotting, it induces micro clotting, and it causes these very tenacious, very fibrinous clots, which the body just can't break down. So, you know, the bottom line is spike does really bad things to the human body. And just one of them are these, this terrible problem of clotting. Yeah, you know, like you said, we've known this for a long time, but it, it is something else to actually see those pictures uh, that 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 undertaker took. It's just unreal. Thank you, Dr. Merrick, for all you do to try yeah. to put the correct information out there so that people can make the best decisions for their own health care. Thank you, Dr. Merrick. Thanks, Emerald. Thanks for having me on again. Thank you, Ed. Let's think about how we got here in the first place because here we go again. The experiments going on behind the curtain at the Wuhan Institute of Virology could now happen here in the United States. The Echo Health Alliance and Boston University said they received a million dollar grant from the U.S. National Science Foundation. It was from the Predictive Intelligence for Pandemic Prevention Phase 1 research program. This money is to continue the suspicious coronavirus research done at the Wuhan Institute of Virology but this time in Boston. The organizations are already selling downstream for the next pandemic. In a statement, Echo Health Alliance said in part, quote, the COVID pandemic and recent monkeypox epidemics have shown us that we're not yet prepared to meet the challenge of pandemic prevention or response. It all starts to make sense when you look at the web of people involved. Remember Dr. Peter Daszak, the president of Echo Health Alliance, who is a longtime colleague of Xi Zhengli of the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Together they oversaw an experiment in which researchers intentionally made coronaviruses more transmissible. Additionally, Dr. Gerald Kush, of, a former director of an NIH division, is now a top professor at Boston University, of course. And joining me now to discuss all this is retired Army Reserve, Reserve Colonel Lawrence Sellin. He's also the author of Restoring the Republic, Arguments for a Second American Revolution, which is available on Amazon. Dr. Sellin, good to see you again. Thank you for having me, Emerald. Uh, I just find this so incredibly conservative, uh, concerning, and I want to get into the nitty-gritty of this, but first I want to play this clip from Andrew Huff, an Echo Health Alliance whistleblower. Huff uh, had this to say. Around the holidays in 2015, doc, Dr. Dasik and I were closing up the office late at night. It was probably 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, walking out. We're in the vestibule, and he goes, Andrew, do you mind if I ask you a question? I said, no, Peter, oh, what do you got? And uh, he responds back. He's like, well, I've been been approached by somebody from the CIA. And right away, I'm like, oh, my God, what's he what's he telling me? Because my 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 previous experience in national security. And uh, the next thing is, he's, you know, they're, they're sort of interested in a few of the things we're working in. He's like, do you think it's a good idea if, if I if I if I work with them? I think at this point, Dr. Selwyn, based on everything we've learned and how Peter Daszak tried to divert uh, uh, attention and, uh, away from the Wuhan lab, how on earth can Peter Daszak still qualify with grant money or be trusted with it? Uh, because there's no accountability. Uh, with over 600 million COVID-19 cases and 6.4 million deaths, nothing has changed since the pandemic began. It is business as usual for coronavirus and dangerous gain of function research. Those scientists 
and government officials who are implicated as contributors to the creation of COVID-19 and in fact active participants in the attempt to cover up its laboratory origin have been rewarded, not investigated. As you correctly point out, just last month, the EcoHealth Alliance and Boston University received a $1 million grant from the National Science Foundation. It is well known that Peter Daszak, president of the EcoHealth Alliance, has a long history of collaborating with the Wuhan Institute of Virology and many other Chinese scientists, including members of the China's People's Liberation Army. There is also evidence that Peter Daszak led an effort to suppress any discussion of the laboratory origin of COVID-19 by labeling it a conspiracy theory. Now, what the public was not told in connection between the $1 million National Science Foundation and Boston University's controversial National Emergent Infectious Disease Laboratory, which is a biosafety four level facility handling the world's most deadly viruses and is located at the South End neighborhood of Boston, Massachusetts. So if there is a leak from this facility of a new dangerous artificial virus, it is right in the middle of a metropolitan area. And you bring up a very important point because I've talked to people who've worked at the Galveston lab in Texas who say when you're talking about uh, bio labs, they still base the safety standards on more of what we're talking about with nuclear or radioactive material. There's no way to really say that a bio lab is secure, even when you're saying it's a level four. It's very concerning. But what I really want to ask is that we have these members of Congress celebrating the fact that they say they've stopped uh, taxpayer dollars from going to gain a function research overseas. Supposedly, we're on a moratorium right here in the United States against it. How are they getting around it? Well, by just redefining the de definition of gain of function research. Uh, the funding we just spoke about is not an isolated incident. At the height of the pandemic in August 2020, Anthony Fauci rewarded the EcoHealth Alliance with $7.5 million as one of the 10 centers for research in emerging infectious diseases. Under the same program, the University of Texas Medical Branch in Galveston, which continued dangerous gain-of-function research with Chinese laboratories after the start of the pandemic, received $82 million from Anthony Fauci. They're simply ignoring what's happening and continuing to do what they did before the pandemic started. What, how, how can Americans stop this? I know you have Senator Rand Paul out there, you know, talking about it, grilling Fauci or NIH officials whenever they come to Congress, but it seems as if nothing's nothing's changing anything. So what needs to be done, Dr. Sellen? How can we affect change to try to stop this research once and for good in our own country and from funding it abroad? Well, I think Emerald, doing what you're doing now, we need to expose these people. We need to continually publish what is being funded and the research that is being conducted, especially uh, with Chinese laboratories, which have connections with the China's People's Liberation Army. So exposure, uh, you know, exposing it to the light of day is the most important thing, and then publicizing within the media as you're doing now, Emerald. 
Yeah, and I think we also do need to keep asking our members of Congress what they're doing about it so that they will also, you know, talk about it too. If, if, if that's all they can do, at least, you know, talk about it. And thank you for coming on here and talking about it, Dr. Sellin, and you write about it and try to put it out there. And I do want to remind our viewers that they can go find your book, Restoring the Republic, Arguments for a Second American Revolution on Amazon. I have a feeling that quite a few of the of our viewers will be out there on Amazon buying your book today, especially after after the last couple of weeks we've had. Thank you, Dr. Sellen. Thank you, Emerald. Up next, the judges ruled in favor of President Trump while slamming the DOJ for its witch hunt. We discussed that after the break. Hello, everyone. Isn't Emerald Robinson just the most awesome host? What a blessing she's been here at Lindell TV and Frank Speech. And what a blessing you all have been. What I want to tell you about today is specials that are right here on at the Frank store at Frank Speech. Use that promo code TRUTH. <laughs> 